I'm going to switch gears here and uh, talk about an interesting phenomenon that I think uh, at first blush might anger some of you. But then, you know, if you just hear it out, it's it's interesting. And uh, we're going to paint with a pretty broad brush, but at the same time, we will acknowledge that it's not black and white. We talk a lot about division on this show, though, and, and I believe it's, it's reaching dangerous levels. You need only look to our neighbors to the south to see just how bad things can get, um, how absolutely destructive to democracy things can get when the division just becomes, you know, as toxic as it is in the United States right now. And there's no end to the list of ways that we're divided these days. Politicians love to stoke division because it works for them, right? If you can get people angry, they're motivated, and, you know, us versus them, conquer and divide, all that sort of stuff. So so they do it. Consequences be damned. Uh, then there's social media. There's the new information age. You can live completely within a bubble where you only hear what you want to hear in ways that you want to hear. We know all that stuff. Um, and, you know, you get everything that comes along and i don't care what it is it can be guns it can be israel i mean there's there's something every day that comes along that gets hammered into the the divisive cycle that we live in and you know we 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 take up sides based on what party we like to vote for and that's it and then if you go back there's something called the diploma divide which is really really interesting and uh that's what we're going to be talking about in this segment simon kiss uh, is with us. He's an associate professor of human rights and political science at Wilfrid Laurier University. Simon, thank you for being here. I appreciate your time today. Thanks for having me. Diploma divide. Uh, give us a, a quick definition. What is it we're talking about here? So uh, people have observed in a lot of uh, 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 Western countries that uh, divisions between political parties and their voters are changing. Uh, it used to be across the world that most, uh, that the biggest divisions would be between people who were poor or working class voting for parties on the left and people who would be wealthy and educated voting for parties of the, the right. Right. And in, uh, quite a few countries, people are observing that this is actually changing where people who, and separating in the effects of education and income are actually separating. So people are finding that in a lot of countries, people who are educated are starting, starting to support parties of the left. People who are wealthy are starting to support parties of the right. And it's a very different division between voters and their parties. And of course, parties are aware of this. Parties, uh, they are sort of driven by what their membership is looking. It's almost like a, a self-perpetuating cycle, right? The party wants this, the people, and so now you get people moving farther and farther to either end, right? It's not so much that people are moving farther to the farther to either end. It's that what, what happens is then the issues that get discussed and get promoted to the top right. of the agenda actually tend to change. You know, not everything is subject to political conflict. We don't have an election on every type of issue. And one of the things that is that uh, people argue uh, is a kind of a part uh, a product of this kind of new change is that for the past 20 years, we've been fighting over social issues, gay marriage, abortion, transgender rights, and uh, arguably that's a major change from earlier times when major struggles would be over redistribution of wealth. Uh, should rich people be supporting poor people's health care? Should rich people be supporting a mass education for everyone? Uh, should uh, governments be promoting unions to ensure better working conditions for everyone? Those types of issues 
in a lot of ways have been eclipsed in elections and conflict by social issues in part because of this increasing diploma divide. So that will continue then. I mean, because it, it only seems to, like I say, self-perpetuate, but we're definitely in an area where everything, those culture wars are at a level I don't remember in quite a while, Simon. I don't see them going away uh, anytime soon. Although, so one of the things that we did in our study that shows is that Canada is a bit of a curious case. Not Basically, no other country has a system yeah. of political parties like we have in Canada, where you have a liberal party that is a kind of a, a long history of being a big, broad, amorphous tent that includes people all the way from, you know, rich industrialists like Paul Martin all the way over to kind of like little guys from pulp and paper mill towns like John Kretchen. Uh, most countries don't have that big blobby party in the middle like Canada does and a kind of a classic left union party on the outside looking in like Canada does. And one of the things that we found is that the NDP voters are actually increasingly actually the NDP is winning support from poorer voters. So it's actually kind of going against this trend of the diploma divide and it's actually doing arguably what it's supposed to which is sticking up for the little guy um who could use the redistribution of wealth uh okay so i was asking like you say it seems to be working out well for the ndp and i'm wondering if you take a look at the liberals and like you said you know not a lot of like let's just contrast it with the united states where you've got two choices you've got left you've got right and 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 they're pretty clearly defined uh in canada we've got this centrist party which and you know the liberals will flip back and forth left right over time um does that become an impossibility does that sort of lead into what we might be seeing with the liberals they've got a lot of issues but is as we become more divided is there less of an appetite for a centrist party i'm thinking of alberta politics too where the centrist option in alberta has all but vanished like it just doesn't exist it doesn't resonate at all have we moved past that some people say the liberals are doomed that the center cannot hold uh and some people very good political scientists thought that 2011 was going to be the end of the liberals and they made a remarkable comeback i I would be, I think the Liberals have a viable future. And I think the key that's going to be happening is the, di- the divisions are going to be different between the parties. The Liberals are going to be fighting conservative voters, uh, the conservatives on social issues. And the Liberals are going to be fighting NDP voters on issues of redistribution. And you can see how this happens when they, the NDP made the deal with the Liberals in yeah. 2021 to uh, support the Liberals. If you read through what the NDP demands were, very little of it had to do with social issues like gay rights or abortion or uh, uh, transgender rights. It all had to do with redistribution and money. It had to do with Denticare, Pharmacare, worker rights because that's what's important to NDP voters and so the liberals end up fighting with conservatives on social issues because of the diploma divide and then they end up fighting on the left with NDP voters over redistribution now managing those two different types of conflict and those two different sets of issues is hard because you're kind of fighting like a two-front war on two different issues but over time, the liberals have shown that they're, 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 they're quite good at politics. So I wouldn't count them out just yet. 
Uh, what does it mean for conservatives? They seem to be doing pretty well, and we know that um, some of these social issues that you're talking about have been embraced by some members of conservative movements around the world to great effect. It's really, it's really paid off. They've got some really animated voting, uh, motivated base members. Um, they seem to be doing all right with. It. What does it mean for them going forward? This divisive climate that we're in. Look, I mean, they're they're definitely going to prioritize social issues in the same way that the liberals are going to prioritize issues. And it's worth thinking about, like, it's worth thinking why both those parties kind of fight on the same set of issues. One of the reasons that they choose that, it's not just because they divide voters in a way, it's also because it's cheap. Yeah. So you can, you, the parties can get what they need, which is an issue to rally people without promising to spend money. But at the same time, the, the challenge for the conservatives will be to find ways to also deliver material gain, good in the form of tax cuts to their wealthy, sure. to their wealthier voters, um, without alienating the rest of uh, the electorate. So, um, the art for the conservatives is going to be fight just enough social issues to keep their base motivated to win, um, without uh, alienating uh, too many educated voters so they can kind of get to the majority and then deliver the goods in the form of tax cuts for their their uh, uh, higher-end, um, wealthier vote uh, supporters. And Simon, like you said, you know, this sort of shifted 30 or 40 years ago where it used to be a slightly different division uh, within politics. What causes the shift, and do you foresee something like that happening? Like, Or are we just on this path and we'll continue it until who knows when like how does this divide come together or get deeper what where do we go from here i think we're on this path and uh i i think um there's not going to be significant deviation so one of the things that uh happened is we got um we got wealthier so we actually solved a lot of redistribution issues we've got pensions we've got health care uh, we've got labor unions established, and so the pressure for governments to kind of uh, adopt those policies is lower. Uh, the other thing that happened is people started actually going to school and university more, so a much bigger part of the population has a university degree. And when you do that, you end up uh, uh, caring about a different set of issues, namely kinds of issues of like self-expression and freedom and autonomy. That's where you get this demand for these social these uh, uh, social issues. Um, so I think we're on this path. I don't see a significant deviation um, in in the near future. Interesting, Simon. Thanks so much for being here today. I really do appreciate your time.